You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everybody. This is Tonya Don Reckla, and I am really elated to have with me today Dr. James Kelly. And, and I first and foremost just want to highlight the fact that he's in Portugal lives in Dubai, like this guy's got a pretty fantastic story. But we brought him on today to talk about personal and professional development, specifically as it relates to the concept of authenticity. And so I told him, I'm just going to confess, you know, he got on the call with me and I'm like, I'm going to confess to you that I already love you. And, you know, maybe that's a weird thing to say (laughs) to a stranger, but it was just, he's just fun. Like, Like you can just see it in everything that he does and his courage and bravery to just kind of step into spaces that most people shy away from. And so I, I'm going to let you get a, get a good read on him too, because um, he's got some powerful information to share. So join me in welcoming him to this show. Welcome, James. Thank you so much for that is like the most emphatic introduction I think I've ever received. So thank you. <laughs> I'm I nothing if much. not emphatic. <laughs> I don't get that much love from my kids after being gone for two weeks. So I totally love it. So, so I have this whole like theory that we should all like every morning that we wake up, we should be introduced by somebody. Like, I think that'd be awesome. And today we have. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, uh, like, I'd be like, dad, my diaper's full. All right. <laughs> just, and, just, and there's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Slapping me in the face right away. Perfect. Well, very cool. Well, let's just jump into the interview and ask you, what are your superpowers? I think this is a fantastic question because I was really thinking about this. I'm having a big setup here, so hopefully I don't let you down. Um, (laughs) And this has come up a lot, you know, uh, in the podcast that I do, which I feel like every Tom, Dick, and Harry has one now. uh, (laughs) The the feedback I get is that I am an exceptional listener. And I think that is a superpower. I think that is something that a lot of individuals, by whatever reason, just kind of avoid lack. I think lack's probably a bit harsh, but I would say listening, and I think I would also say authenticity. I think that is is is, is something I'm I'm proud of. You know, what you see is what you get. I have a theory that my authenticity is either ten or is either fifteen percent higher or lower depending on the time of day that it is and the situation that I'm in. So I give myself a 30% variance outside of my normal authenticity. But those are being my two powers. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Let's quantify it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, very cool. That's the nerdy side of me. You know what? We like the nerdy side of people too. It's very cool. So the what what's so cool about what you said was the the concept of listening and you know, as it relates to authenticity, I think is a really important dialogue. And so, so part of, you know, we're talking about personal and professional development. Part of that process is like, what do I do naturally? You know, what comes, what do I come by easily, which we call those the, you know, predisposed superpowers. And, and what do I need to work to hone? And that listening piece, in my opinion, is a cornerstone of authenticity. You know, because in listening to people, you see and hear what you're, um, you know, in our world, in the superpower world, what you're energetically emitting that you may not even be aware of um, being reflected back to you. And so how can you know authentically who you are if you aren't aware of, even, of all the aspects and parts of you and how they're being received, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, th- I think that, I think that those tie together really nicely. And, and, and I would dare say that that piece is probably missing from most authentic conversations. Yeah. You know, I think what I find, <clears throat> excuse me, is, you know, and you probably heard this a thousand times is that most people are thinking about what they're going to say and not listening to what they should be saying. If that mm. makes sense. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think it's a really difficult skill. I'm not saying I'm, I've mastered it because you have to absolutely be in the moment to master it. But it's something that I really focus on when I'm listening or having a conversation with someone is what are they saying? What are the, the cues they're giving me by either body language, tone, the word choice? And what does that really mean? And by assessing all of those in the moment, I'm able to say, here's a point in question that we should be talking about. So I'll ask that question. Mm-hmm. But I also want to talk about this idea of authenticity and listening because to listen. James, I'm going to jump in and say, I think you switched a mic. Mm, I did not switch a mic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Just speak louder. We'll be good. Yeah. Sorry. It, it could be that um, I'm to guess it's my, my Portugal, it's my Portugal, hello, hello. It's my Portugal uh, connection. So connection. Now. Hey, it's it's per- we'll roll with it. You're you're magical enough that we'll we'll oversee that. <laughs> Thank you. Just call me Dumbledore. Um, and so, <laughs> and so I think what's really important, and, and I think you mentioned this about the idea of listening and being authentic, is that there's a Chris, there's a critical piece in there which I think is being self aware, but people sometimes struggle with self awareness unless they've been through some sort of crucible. <laughs> I really hang my hat on and say, listen, you know, I mean, ironically, I was writing this in my book today. Like I was finishing this chapter up, I was editing it. And I, I would argue um, over my research for this book, interviewing 90 plus executives, getting their stories down, the ones that had a crucible, the ones that had some sort of traumatic event, those individuals, those individuals were the most self-aware and the individuals who good for them had no major dramas in their life. Their life went along how it's supposed to go. They're successful by all accounts of how we would define success. Still were not actually that self-aware. They didn't really know what they didn't know, if that makes sense. So here's an example. One of the questions I used to ask every, every guest that came on my show until recently is I would say, well, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? Now, uh, what would you think would be a response? Like, what would your response be to that? Like, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self if I asked you? Enjoy the ride. Perfect, right? That means you took time, you paused, and you reflected. I can't tell you, and this wasn't a large number, but it was a significant enough number for me to realize that when I asked that question for some people, and maybe there was peripheral issues why they didn't answer that question, but they would say, eh, maybe smile more. Maybe mm. tell my wife I love her more. Maybe be at one of my kids' baseball games. Like all important stuff, but it wasn't like, I need to enjoy the lot ride. I don't need to rush. I need to be more patient, more kind, more generous. Like there was a, like people who went through crucibles had a list of things that they advice they would give themselves <laughs> to say, yeah, I screwed up at 25, but that's okay. I now realize it. And so there was mm-hmm. this difference. It was quite fascinating. I, I love what you're talking about. And, it, and I, 
because because one of the things I was going to mention or that came up when you were talking was the idea of it's a defense mechanism, right? So not so thinking ahead, like crafting the next response, like trying to stay ahead of the game and not being in the moment really does come from a defensive posture fueled by fear. And it, and, it, and it has to do with our confidence in ourselves. And so what you're talking about is so perfect that when you've been through things and you've survived and you have the cellular confidence to know that it's going to be okay, like it may not look so in the minute, but you have enough experience with falling down and getting up and falling down and getting up that you, you don't feel like you have to um, – like arm yourself like you're going into battle like you know put everything on every time like like you really can just roll with it i mean like i don't know i don't know what you know and i tell a big difference too in guests that come on the show um in, in how they respond and in in what questions they ask me ahead of time like i you know coming from the counter intel world um my husband and i teach you know due diligence and betting concepts and stuff like that all around the world and and one of the things we talk about is you know, we very rarely ask a question for the answer. You know, we're, we're gauging a response. And it's fascinating. So I always ask people, you know, do you have any questions of me before we get started? And that tells me exactly where the guest is sitting prior to the interview. And then I can kind of, if, if I feel, because we have some folks who come on here who this might be their first interview. You know, they, they do some miraculous things, but they've never really talked about it. Um, and so, so it just gives me an idea, but, but it's all centered around confidence. And then, and then you get the podcast hosts on here, you know, like you, and it's just like, you know, it, it's just a very natural kind of flow. And you can tell the people who are confident in the ability to kind of roll with things. Well, you know, what's interesting about that, I think, sorry, not to side, side, sidetrack this conversation is that uh, I've had a people who have their own podcast, who go on a ton of podcasts, who were actually the worst guests. <laughs> <laughs> Because they have their whole stick down. They're so used to being the host. Oh, funny. They ruin the whole, like, my whole stick of, like, getting to know you. They give you the whole spiel in, like, 15 seconds, and you're done. You're like, all right, listen, back the bus up. I've got some questions. And so, anyhow, that aside. um, (laughs) So so I think that, you know, (laughs) this idea of authenticity to me, whether you're doing personal development, but I think in life, you know, the idea of going through a crucible is essential for your own personal development. And, you know, I never want to minimize someone's own crucible because some are big, some are small. But, at, you know, you have to be aware that you've had one mm-hmm. to give yourself the ability to process that. And, right, which goes back to that awareness piece for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge part. It's a huge part of it. So let's, folks, I want you to really listen into what he just said, because there, I do see this growing trend within, um, you know, we just got back from this amazing kind of social media event and, um, and within the helper woo woo change agent spaces, um, there seems to be like this trend of my crucible was worse than yours. Um, you know, the one-upsmanship of victim stories, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it, you know, coming from the military and coming from government and some, you know, th- there are people all over the world that are doing amazing life-risking things every day, but they don't perceive them as that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so 
Whereas somebody who, you know, gets up and, you know, they say what public speaking is one of the most terrifying things for people on the stress factor list or whatever it might be. So the key isn't the event. It's the impact that it had on you, what you learned from it and what you chose to it's do with choice. it. It's your choice. It's a choice. So, I mean, there's the only thing, I feel like the only thing you have in control in your life, full control of, is how you choose to react to a situation. Mm -hmm. Right? So you can choose your attitude after something happens. You can choose your behavior. You can choose your words. But up until that point, you're kind of a free spirit, right? So you could right now tell me to go F myself, and I can choose how I'm going to react to that at the end of the yeah. day. It Let's try it. Let's try it. No, just <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to stick my Jack Daniels in water right now and go ahead and give it a go. Uh, I love it. Well, and, and I love this conversation because one of the things that I've, I've really been pondering lately is this whole share your story mm. kind of concept. And there's a, there's a balance. And so, um, as with everything, but, but there's a breaking, there's a, like to your point, there's a breaking line, right? Oh yeah. And it, and, and I'll share with you, I went to this conference, I won't name the conference, but it was a while back now. And I was really excited because some of the lineup were people that, you know, were pretty impressive on paper. And I went with the intent of, you know, well, getting guests on the show, like why else would I go? Right. And, um, <laughs> and so I'm sitting there listening to some of them and it was a women's event and of course, it wasn't that long after the elections here in the States and, and all that stuff went on. And, um, and I was listening and every single woman on stage didn't just tell their story, but they went back and relived it. And some of these stories, I mean, I'm talking, they were childhood, like, mm -hmm. and it wasn't, and, and then I sat and observed the audience and it was, I felt like I was in a fun house. Like it was the, everybody reacted at the appropriate time with the appropriate, like, oh, oh no, oh, oh, yay, good for you. And I was like, is this happening here? Like, it was such a bizarre experience. And, and I was so irritated, you know, and I was like, what is going on? Which is always my sign that I'm moving into a different space, right? When I start to get irritated. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so let's instead look at the gift that it was and be like, okay, what is this telling me? And it's like, how do you share the story? in a way that is authentic, in a way that does good in the world, because what I saw there was an affirmation of the victim saying, I don't care how they, they labeled it. I don't care what pretty pictures they put on top of it. Those women were stuck in those stories. And not only, they weren't stuck in them from just a victim place now, in my opinion, it was worse. Now it was not just the victim space, but now they've built a business on top of it. Like a glorification. It was. And I was like, I don't think this is a good thing. And, and I, I think, and you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, not that I need to like espouse my opinion about it, but I, I, I felt like there was an opportunity <laughs> in it, going to. Yeah, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> um, and you should listen. <laughs> but I felt I like it, it was an opportunity, you know, to say, can this be done differently? Because no doubt we connect in the stories. We do. We connect in those stories. How do we make sure that, especially as leaders, as, um, you know, people who are, are, are saying, you know, we, we, we're going to be a part of these movements and, and, and evolve and everything else, how do we continue to hold ourselves accountable to doing it better? 
Um, well, Tonya, Tonya, I would only add that like within those stories, you're creating shared experiences and whether it was glorified or monetized, I guess the bigger question I would have is, so you, you have a different set of, of skills that allow you to kind of maybe sift through some of that. But for most people, the common denominator is pain, fear, and transformation. Mm-hmm. And so if these stories can be told in a way that does impact these individuals in the audience, I'm for it because I think that you have to relate to people where they're at in their life. But I totally agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't disagree with your statement there. I think it's right. Uh, but I, I take a different perspective only because, you know, I've had these, I've had women and men on who have told horrific stories about their life. It's well rehearsed, well-timed, uh, great punchlines. But at the end of the day, it's their story. They own it. And if it's doing somebody good and they're finding shared interest with somebody in the audience, then I don't, I mean, I don't know the, the, over well harm, the overall harm. I think what you're saying is that can we take that and have learnings from that and give people tactics or strategies out of it? Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, you're actually not disagreeing with me quite as much as you would think because that's the conclusion I came to. And it's like you still have to do it. Like, and, and the, I will always challenge it in the sense of, can we operate from higher and higher vibrations, higher frequencies? Cause that's the space that I play in, but it's, can we do it in as, as authentic, authentic of a way as possible? And how do we move beyond the story? Um, and I think that there are a lot of people who do that really well. And again, I, like I said before, I completely own that when I'm getting irritated in a situation, it's typically because I'm not stepping into a space. And yeah. so that's where I went to with it was like, okay, what am I not talking about? What, what am I not sharing? And I'm using them as an excuse. I'm using that judgment as an excuse for me not to. Um, and that's the conclusion I came to was like, there are stories, stories to be shared. There is value in that. And I may be over those stories. Obviously, if I can share them in a way where there's a life lesson and a learning point, then I should be over those stories. And there's value in sharing them anyway. See, it was funny. I was actually, I reached out to Ariana Huffington to come on my show and she did respond, which was nice of her. She said no, but she did respond. And uh, <laughs> I said, listen, I honestly don't want to hear about how you fell over and hit your head on the ground. Everybody knows that story. <laughs> so what I want to know is what led you to that point. Like mm. I was very clear about that story is great, but that's not the story I want to hear. I had another guy on the show recently named Mo Gadot. He's the chief business officer uh, for Google X. Mm-hmm. And his son, his son died suddenly at 20 uh, during a routine surgery. And mm-hmm. he tells that story to everybody. I was like, you know what? That's a really horrific story. I would be dysfunctional if my kids died. But what I want to know is your journey to mm-hmm. that point, you know? Yeah. So, because to your point, I think people tell the same stories again and again. And at some point, I actually wonder, does it mean the same to them in the moment as it does now when they're telling the story? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems so transactional. Yeah. Not impactful. I agree. And and I think we can just constantly challenge, you know, all of us to do that. But, but that was so much about me, you know, in that moment, obviously. Um, so I'm going to take a quick pause here. We're with James Kelly talking about personal professional development and, and authenticity. Um, so we'll, we'll join back in with him and, and ask him a couple more questions before we let you all go today. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with you.
Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. This is the Superpower Up podcast and you're joining us today with James Kelly. We're talking about personal and professional development. And um, what I love about this conversation is, is how we're tying together concepts of listening and authenticity but not just like lip service to those. Like, like how do we get in the nitty gritty about being authentic? And I think that ties back into what we were talking about before the break about how to tell the story in a way that serves. And so what I really want to ask you, because you, you have such a wealth of information about people you've interviewed and your own experiences and everything else, like what is your take on the, the line or is there a line between the personal and professional development um, and as it relates to being authentic? So if I can, if I understand your question correctly, it's, is at least the way I hear it in my head is at what point is being too authentic in the professional arena, not appropriate? Or or is there, is that even a question? Yeah. I mean, I think there is a question. Like I'm not going to walk in and to, to an office and talk about, I don't know, something overly personal, I, you know, whatever that might be for you, like my wife and I having sex, right? Like that's none of your business. Like there is a mm-hmm. lie to the whole thing. But, <clears throat> excuse me, what I would say is that authenticity is kind of made up of, of four core components. And so I have this, this model that I've created. And so when you think about the workplace, you know, I've already, I've already hung my head on the crucible part. But I think <laughs> that to be authentic, you have to also realize that, you have to have self-awareness. You have to be honest with yourself and with your coworkers. And I think this is a really important one because I think to be authentic, this goes down to even white lies. And so there's a, there's a book called Lying by Sam. And I'm totally forgetting the last name of his, but it's basically all about telling white lies to big lies and why that is wrong and why that hurts people around you. So in, in the working environment, the professional environment, I think we quite often tell people what they want to hear because of our own fear of them being unhappy with us. Mm. Uh, the other big idea about being authentic in the workplace is this idea of compassion. I think this is something that is, that is definitely getting bigger and more relevant in the professional environment. But I think having compassion for your employees and your coworkers is really quite important. You know, I think sometimes in the U.S. we are so wrapped up in being competitive and winning and winning big, for lack of a better term, that um, we lose sight on the human part of the business, right? Mm. The people you work with, your, your customers, your clients. And we put money, I think, way above um, just human connection. So the last part of being authentic is being relatable. And, you know, that to me in the workplace is all important. These are all things you can do on a daily basis. And to be authentic to yourself means you have a true spirit, a true heart around these ideas of being self-aware, sort of growth, to being honest to your coworkers, not in a malicious way, but in a, in a good way. Like I'm sure, I'm sure 
Tonya, you've had someone who's asked you a question about professional, like, should I do X, whatever that would be? And you said, well, yeah, sure. But in your mind, you're thinking, hell no, you would not be good at that. <laughs> that would be a very right? bad idea. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's so hard for us because we don't want to be that person to bust their bu- burst their bubble. But the reality is I've been in situations where I've been fired from a job because I wasn't good at it. And they said to me, basically, like, this is not for you. And mm-hmm. at the time, yeah, it hurt. But in hindsight, I was like, they were, they were absolutely correct. So it's, that's a form of being authentic. And then being relatable. I think this is really important. I think if you're in C-suite, if you're a leader and executive, you know, the ability to relate to the janitor, the admin, the other C-suite, the middle, you know, mid-tier professionals is really important. And that's finding those shared experiences, no matter what level they're in the organization, because in doing that, you build trust, mm-hmm. right? When you're honest, you build trust. So, so just kind of, sorry, just to kind of wrap this up. So in the professional setting, is there a line? Yeah. Like, I don't want you to know about me having sex with my wife. I think that's a lie. But what I would tell you is that there, I'm an open book. So if you asked me a question, I would answer it honestly. And I, I am not uncomfortable because I don't care if you judge me, if I'm being true to myself and true to my heart. That, that's me. But I think every person has to find that line for themselves. It's when you feel like you have two identities, right? The public self, private self. It's when those two are very distinct for you that it's a very difficult world to live in. You know, we talked about this yeah. before we started about your old job in the intelligence industry where you had two lives, essentially, you had to lead and how mm-hmm. complex that can be and exhausting and who did you say to what, so forth and so on. So that's kind of my long-winded answer that I went on too long with. <laughs> Not at all. I, and, and I appreciate it because the, the key there, like the, my biggest takeaway in that is the concept of being honest. And, and I, I think the defensive posture, the fear posture for a lot of people is, well, you know, if I was going to be authentic, then I have to tell everybody everything. And, and we hit up against that a lot with the, um, the due diligence and vetting firm mm. that we created because it, about transparency. In fact, that's one of the core concepts is the transparency philosophy and how transparency expedites trust, right? Trust is a journey. It's a process, but being transparent really does expedite that. And immediately people go to, well, I have to share all my deepest, darkest secrets. And it's like, we're talking about business. Like it's a, it's in the B2B space. And it's like, what we're asking people to do is to be honest about what their company can do. Mm-hmm. And what it can't do, you know, like don't take on clients that you truly can't serve. Like it's just a bad idea. Um, and be, and be forthcoming about that. Right? Well, like, exactly. Yeah. What, well, do you, and, what are your strengths, weaknesses? And courageous. Like, like you yeah. really have to be willing to say, uh, to not follow the money, you know, to um, be able to say, you know, I don't know that that's my expertise. And, and for us, we solved that conundrum by having amazing, amazing network of people who are willing to operate their businesses in transparency that we can refer to. We have phenomenal referral partners. And so what that's done, uh, well, let's take the superpower experts business model, for example, part of the reason for that is when I was got thrown into like this intuitive coaching space that I never dreamt I would be in. I found myself wanting to play all these various roles for people that I wasn't really equipped to play, nor did I really want Mm. to, but I didn't know who to refer them to. And it felt like, um, you know, my, my good enough was, was better than nothing. 
and it just felt icky. And so it was like, I was like, what, this is ridiculous. Like there's phenomenal people in these arenas. Like, let me just go find them. And that's what I did. And so it, it changed my world forever because I then was able to go, yeah, that's not me. Like, but let me tell you who that is. Like, let me invite you over here and, you know, and, and I've established trust with that person. And so there was mm-hmm. a good transfer of that. It, it was really seamless. And so now we all work in, in that collaborative space together. And it, and it truly has freed me up just on a very selfish level to be able to focus on the things I really want to focus on. Um, so, uh, and and I know comments. that we can serve those yeah. clients. No, you're great. Go ahead. Two, two quick comments. One, I love the word icky. That's awesome. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, I love what you just said though, right? You basically summed up that you being self-aware of knowing what you're good and bad at, right? Here are my strengths and my weaknesses. And let me bring in people who support my weaknesses because if I can bring in those people, I'm going to shine. Because it shows I'm confident. It shows I'm confident. That's the thing. Yeah, it's the funniest thing in the world. It's like, but but I had to go through that. I had to work through, um, you know, what does that say about me if I say I can't do this? But quite the opposite occurs, what you just said. Like, I look like a freaking rock star. Mm -hmm. Like, I can connect people all over the place. Like, I, you know, I interviewed a woman the other day and she's like, you are absolutely a networker, like a connector. And I was like, I was laughing. I was like, when I first started on this path and I heard the guidance very clearly to create something collaborative, I laughed. I was like, I don't play well with others. Thanks anyway. You know? And of course, you know, God laughed at me, you know, I was like, yeah, really watch this. And so now it's like, it's the most freeing and um, powerful place to be. Cause it's like, I don't have to know. I don't care. You know, what is that Henry Ford? You know, he's like, I just make sure I, I surround myself with amazing people. Right. I'm bastardizing yeah. his quote, but it, but it's this, it's that, that's the concept is like, I don't need to have all the answers. I have, I know amazing people. Um, and and you, so. Well, you just have to have the confidence to know you don't know and be okay with that. Yeah. That's the hardest thing, right? It's human nature to feel vulnerable when you don't know something, when you're in a position of power and mm-hmm. you're going to be authentic then you have to truly understand the fact that you have respect and compassion and confidence in yourself as a human being to put people around you who are better than you. I mean, every great CEO you listen to says that. I don't know this. That guy does. That's why mm-hmm. I hired him, right? That well, and it's gone. exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. And I think, I think what you talked about earlier is part of the reason why I came to that the way that I did was because I had a career where I had to lie. You know, I had a career where I couldn't be authentic. I had a career where I had to kind of shade truths and stuff like that. And it's, it wasn't fun. Like it was exciting initially, like, Ooh, the, the, you know, the mysticism and the mystique of it all, (laughs) but it got old really fast. And it's like, I've already been there, done that. Like, no, thanks. Like if I can't build something, but, but that bleeds over, you know, talking about the personal and professional development that bleeds over into, I'm not even gonna say bleeds over. It started with showing up that way in my marriage and showing up that way in our parenting and showing up that way with family and friends. And that's really this strong foundation that I get to stand on um, that creates the courage in that. And so I love that you're affirming that after all these amazing people that you've talked to and, and, and having the experiences that you've had, um, you know, folks, it really is that easy. Like, know yourself, like be willing to admit that you don't know everything and then find the people who do. Yeah. It's uh, and I, and I actually think authenticity from a leadership perspective is, is really the 21st century model because mm. we want to work for people who we trust, who we respect, 
and who we relate to, right? We want people to inspire us by their stories and empower us to be greater than than ourselves. And the, you know, there's transactional leadership, there is servant leadership, they all kind of overlap in different ways. But for me, the premise is, I, if I lead someone, if I lead a team, I want them to know who I am with all my warts. Because once they do, they realize I'm not judging them for their warts either. Hmm. And that I'll help them with their warts if they want. <laughs> I've got medicine for that, right? I was like, maybe, maybe I, this is all kinds of imagery happening in my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that when you become that leader who's authentic and real, then, I, because if you think about, if you think about leadership, I mean, it's a multi, you know, faceted, complex process. But, but the people who inspire you are the ones who are just the most down to earth, real, transparent, caring, empathetic individuals, mm. and you just, and you just want to be around them. So I just think mm. it's a really important attribute and trait. I love that. And I I appreciate it because we talk about this all the time in the entrepreneurial space. So I love hearing you talk about that you're seeing it in the corporate Mm. space. Uh, That really gives me hope, you know. Um, So so I know our listeners are going to want to know where they can find out more about you. Where can we send them? Uh, You can send them to my home. It's just outside Dubai. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, I'm on my way. We have tickets. We're already coming. (laughs) Um, Please check me out. Um, Obviously, I have a podcast not to to proselytize that too much, but it's Executive After Hours. You know, my podcast, as I said, is predicated on the the journey of the C-suite, the journey of the executive. It's not what they do. It's who they are and how they got there. So one brick at a time. Uh, So check that out. You can also find me at www drjameskelly.com. Kelly is K-E-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can learn more about my book coming out. And, and by all means, you can actually help me edit my book. So I have a, <laughs> I have a, I'm serious. I have a thing where the first 50 people that sign up, I give them the first couple chapters. They can tell me what they think, what they like, don't like, what they want changed, not changed, and, and get their take. You know, I want people part of the process. To what you said earlier, collaboration is key. So absolutely. Talk about transparency. Well, I love that you are walking the talk and talking the walk and all of that fun stuff mixed in. Um, I really honor the work that you're doing in the world. And um, I'm grateful that you chose to come onto the show and share some of it. Oh, I'm actually more grateful that you invited me. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.